0: 10. Joining us now, our good friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al, how are the leaves looking over there but near Heartland, Minnesota?
1: You know, they're really pretty on the ground. There's yeah. <laughs> um, a great piles on the ground. It, it was a pretty nice year. Uh, a lot of parts of the country, not just going farther north or anything, but uh, even locally here, you could see some areas had beautiful reds, but mm. the, I think the big one that's really coming out are the yellow the golds or just you walk down some of the trails and it's just uh, like you're walking into some palace with these amazing colors so pretty pretty neat thing to see are all the leaves i want to thank uh, the alabama ornithological society for allowing me to speak at their annual bash it was it was all done by zoom so it's kind of a Kind of a different thing. I was supposed to be in uh, Dolphin Island in Alabama now, but uh, it—you know—things don't always work out the way we want them to.
0: Al, is it hard to watch? Is it hard to check on the birds when you're uh, maybe five, six hundred miles away (laughs) in Alabama? You wanted to go report on what you saw and join them, but it—it makes it difficult, doesn't it?
1: It is, and um, I was there for a photo. I guess you'd call it a slideshow because it's on Zoom, but mm. I get I got to see some of the wonderful photos that people were taking down there, and that was kind of neat. And there were some other seminars, so it was oh, it was still great fun. It just. Uh, it would have been more so had you been able to walk down there and uh, it's a beautiful part of the world down there, Dolphin Island. And I also want to thank everybody at the Eagle Bluff Environmental Learning Center over by Lanesboro. Uh, I, I was the co-host for them on their annual fundraiser and I am proud to say we raised a little over $70,000 in an hour, nice. which was just incredible. And uh, it expresses two things the generosity of uh, kind folks and how much that environmental learning center means to people so it was it was pretty humbling just to be uh, involved in that cuz that too was on it wasn't zoom i don't know what it was there's so many different things out there but it was uh, it worked and uh, i think we only had uh, I know I, I couldn't hear anybody for a little while. It's one of those things that happens. We're all learning about these things, so they just had me punch in and, and re-enter, and everything seemed to work then. Hmm. And I think, you know, you're too busy, but sometimes I say things, and then you wonder later, did did I really say that? I couldn't have said that. But I think I said... Uh, last week, we were talking about taking things to the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, and I can hear an echo in my mind saying, I, I think I said that they welcome both birds and animals. Well, yeah. birds are animals. <laughs> yeah, what I meant was birds and mammals and also, uh, oh, I know they have turtles there, too, so I imagine they take some other things like that, too. So it's birds, mammals, um I probably lizards. I don't know if you got anything. I know turtles for sure. So if you have something like that, you know, give them a call. Um, it's a humdinger today. I don't know that anybody still says that, but I'm just thinking that Mother Nature must have moved her world headquarters to my my yard. It's just we're talking about the trees. Most of the deciduous trees are still a bit engaged in making their leaves colorful, and Virginia creeper. Some people call it five-fingered ivy uh, woodbine. It's got a lot of different names. It's uh, sometimes mistaken for poison ivy, but poison ivy typically has three leaves, where Virginia creeper has five. But I'm looking out the window here, and one is vining up into an oak tree, or one lone oak tree here, and it is a beautiful red-leafed plant right now. It's just it's. And nature is the ship on which I sail, so there's always something worth noticing. I uh, saw some large black ants out uh, oh, near the mailbox this morning, and I heard music. I think it was a carpenter anthem. Yes, they were carpenter ants. Uh, let there be ants, and let there be eaters of ants like the northern flickers that are here. Uh, the male flicker is a black mustache for, for an ant. A flicker is the the skunk at a party. It's just, uh, they see that coming, and it just kind of ruins things. And once I start watching birds, I become too lazy to stop. Uh, my capacity for astonishment becomes endless. A chickadee, I watched a chickadee cache sunflower seeds in the divot in a power pole. I don't know what made that oh. in there, but there was a little divot. didn't look like woodpecker work, but it looked like it had been hit by a a piece of uh, heavy-duty equipment of some kind, but it was—it was pretty cool to see. Um, what, putting it in a power pole? You know, the tiny bird was investing in utility stocks. I think by cashing <laughs> seeds there. Uh, crows are producing a natural noise, and jays gave me an earful this morning. And I was unable to get in a word. Edgewise, I've read that a group of jays. Uh, called a party. I uh, hear band, cast, and scold. I think scold is a wonderful, wonderful uh, collective noun. What do I use? I, I find myself usually saying, yeah, that was a bunch of J's. That's what I say. So, uh, something plural flew past my head. It's those multicolored Asian lady beetles. Mm-hmm. They're out there. And those little minute pirate bugs, those no were chewing me up something fierce yesterday. And there are still maybes on the flowers, and that's my nickname for uh, bee mimics, flies that resemble bees. And bee mimics are other insects, any kind of other insect, actually, that resembles bees. They wouldn't have to be flies. And it's called Batesian mimicry, which means something harmless is imitating something dangerous, like we all did at Halloween, Dressed up as something. Most bee lookalikes are hoverflies, and these harmless flies cannot sting. I read one day about Portland, who had Portland, Texas. It's on the coast. They'd come up with some sort of um, oh, not a really truly a city model, but trying a catchphrase, I guess, uh, that's aimed at birders, and they claim properly that it's always feather weather there and I know that's true but it was feather weather in my yard and is now thanks to the white-throated sparrows scratching for grub on the ground they uh, do that little two-foot scratch and they took occasional breaks to whistle a bit because whistling is a white-throated sparrow superpower and a caller asked why do some of the birds have tan stripes while others have white stripes And this lovely bird that has, sadly, a declining population comes in two forms. There are those white-throated sparrows with tan stripes, and there are those with white stripes. Those with white stripes are more aggressive. So if you watch them, as I did this morning in my yard, those with the white stripes were chasing the tan-striped ones around. Males of both forms want to mate with females with white stripes but females of both forms prefer tan-stripe mates, so it all works out. I I wish birds had a mailbox, because I I could just (laughs) send them an appreciative postcard or something, say, hey, thanks. Oh, I saw a, a, oh man, I don't, just this twisting flock. It was long and narrow of uh, mixed species of blackbirds moving past as I walked at the edge of a lake in a state park. It was a quiet day. I checked logs in a bay and was rewarded with good looks at turtles. You know why I wanted turtles? Because hope springs a turtle. That's what I believe. (laughs) Uh, Pelicans flew over. Their wings made sounds as if they were swinging rope. Can you hear that? That's what it sounded like. It was really cool to be that close to hear their wings. Uh, Gunnar Berg of Albert Lee said he saw his first junco on September 23rd this year. Mark Heineman of Albert Lee was golfing in Tomahawk, no, not Tomahawk, Toma, Toma, Wisconsin. I, I typed that in on my, uh, my phone and it turned Toma into Tomahawk, so, <laughs> which was most helpful. I saw many sandhill cranes while he was golfing, so he said they were a little distractive, but it was a pleasant distraction. Christy May uh, said a tiny bird landed on our water dish today. I thought it was a wren till it flew in onto a feeder. It was a red-breasted nuthatch. Finally, I could hear the little buggers, but I couldn't see them. I'm hearing flickers. Had a male downy woodpecker uh, yesterday. And the day before, a white-throated sparrow. On Saturday morning, a Tennessee warbler in the bush outside the kitchen sink window. And scads of blue jays. Yeah, there's another collective noun, scads. Marion Ball, who lives in Faribault, says, uh, Al, I hope you're enjoying these beautiful fall days. The sun has brought out the Asian beetles and the box elder bugs. And as soon as my neighbor harvests all the beans behind me, I will be inundated. The Asian beetles that find their way indoors, either through a crack or riding in on my shoulder, are keeping my cat entertained. (laughs) She tries to climb the walls to get at them, and I swear she can sense them in her sleep. I have a cat who, uh, Pearl, she just pretty much ignores them because uh, she has... She's had some experience with them and find that they are smelly and altogether distasteful. So she just ignores them for the most part. I don't know what she'd do if one landed on her, probably. Run 90 miles an hour with a crooked tail like cats do. Uh, Linda Weigel sent me some photos and said, I hope this is a bird nest. And, um, you know, it was a bald-faced hornet nest. And she would like to collect it because it's pretty cool in case somebody would want it. Uh, I told her to wait, you know, until a good, a really good killing frost or until even the end of October. If you want to do it before that, maybe wrap a plastic bag around it and then twist tie it at one end. Because there probably isn't, but there could be wasps or hornets in there. And you just don't, you know, I I have that nightmare of somebody bringing it in the house, and then they got a, uh, a whole house full of bald-faced hornets, and that's no way to go through life.
0: Now, you're mentioning uh, Rick, nest. Great. Before you go on, I want to talk about nest. Sure. I was, uh, you know, during the last, the fall, the last mow, you kind of cut it shorter a lot of times so you don't get snow mold and that thing. So I cut the lawn out at the lake house uh, shorter than usual and found a whole series of tunnels um, I'm assuming they are voles. Uh, and I noticed that th- there's some really big clumps of wadded up grass and stuff. and I assume those are the nests. So I'm assuming they're voles. So I picked up their nests and I you know, mowed them over and chopped them up a little more than they were. But now this is this season, so it's not even in the winter, but they're still making tunnels under my, Um, in the grass so they got these little nests so I put little traps all around the house figure and maybe they but I haven't caught anything so I'm just wondering are these leftovers from earlier time or are these currently active um, tunnels and and nests I didn't see anything
1: both but I'd say they're more likely to be from uh, earlier nests because we know when the snow melts Mm -hmm. then we see all these little like habitat trails
0: yes that's all exactly around in yeah. there
1: yeah and the little nests, and you can see well over here is where they decided to put the pantry and here's the bedroom and they and this is sort of their bathroom over here and they have this little house planned out under there and they you know i don't know if folks have had much luck with traps they aren't something that comes into the house for the most part now do they never come in the house well I'm sure people have had them in the house well these are but outside I a, put
0: these outside the house hoping that they like peanut butter and it would attract them but so far nothing oh, but okay. leaves have tra- have snapped them so
1: and everything likes peanut butter I yeah just you know well, un- the ants. unless they're allergic <laughs> to it or some yeah everything I would assume those are uh, old trails but boy, they're out there. You Can know? I do... And that's a- what would the owls and everything going, or voles.
0: Can I do anything preemptive so they aren't going to be invading during the winter and chewing up my little bulbs and plants and things?
1: Yeah, I don't know what you could do, Karen. Um,
0: <laughs> they're just...
1: yeah. They I, I tell everyone they are the potato chip of the natural world, everything but us. Eats them maybe that's you know if you could come up with some bowl recipes karen <laughs> and and uh, you know start serving them maybe you could raise them then even it could become a, a you know a, a gig a gig economy okay. thing they uh it's just real because they're outside and it's a huge outside that they have and we have habitat that fits them pretty well so they are uh extremely productive would be a kind way to say it there's just uh, voles everywhere and it's just real hard to get rid of them you know if you could uh, bring in a bunch of hawks and owls i guess mm-hmm. they would certainly thin out the vole herd but otherwise it's pretty tough a lot of um oh when we get the snowy owls that come down that's kind of what they'll eat pretty much anything but a lot of them will feed on voles and so voles uh, i guess they certainly serve a purpose. Owls and hawks say, boy, you know, bring more in. Uh, Rick Draper, I I mentioned the beautiful uh, tree colors. Rick uh, was from New Richland. He's moved to Albert Lee now. He sent me a photo of Courthouse Park in Waseca County. And he had a a camera, like a GoPro thing, mounted on his bike. And he's riding through Courthouse Park. And The tree color was, as I mentioned earlier, it was just like you're walking down this great palace with all the walls lined with jewels and precious metals. It was really pretty. You have cats, Karen. How do they deal with multicolored Asian lady beetles? You must bring in a few when you're out gardening and things now.
0: Well, usually if if something's moving, they'll like to pounce on it and play with it. I mean, they don't Basically, or if there's an ant or something, they'll they'll pounce on it, and then they'll they'll obviously not kill it, and then it'll move a little more. and I think they like that because it's like a a toy. They're not interested in eating, so they basically just uh, if they're moving, they'll they'll use them as toys. So other than that, they just kind of ignore them.
1: I don't know if there's a uh, there's been a worse investment in my life than cat toys. Uh, <laughs> Pearl could care less about a cat toy.
0: No, it's she, you know, boxes are the key. Boxes yeah. that the toys come in. Or rolled up, rolled up tinfoil, something
1: like that, that she can just bat around like a hockey puck. And yeah, that's you know those are the cat toys she likes. The there's a box somewhere here of cat toys that just go unappreciated by her. Uh, Jim Durbin said, "I just had pine siskins show up today." Have had white-throated sparrows, purple finches, and juncos for a while. Also have a white-crowned sparrow, red-breasted nuthatch, yellow-bellied sapsucker, and an eastern toey female. Have had various migrants since the 1st of October. I'm surprised to see all the winter finches this early. Better go check and make sure the snowblower is working okay. Maybe a snowy winter. Oh, Jim. Um, yeah, pine siskins. I know a lot of people have been waiting hoping to see them, so maybe today. Uh, Carol Schumacher, known Carol for a long time. She's from Winona. She said, Cedar Waxwings had a very good year, apparently. Our entire neighborhood is inundated with these birds, sleek and elegant, even without the sweet yellow flash of spring. They vie for a sip at the fountain, one stood on the edge waiting for the next drip, flying as they do in unity and utter chaos. Leslie Mathias, uh, she lives on... Uh, along Chapeau Lake, or Lake Chapeau in Albert Lee. And she has an injured American white pelican, and I gave her all the information for the uh, Wildlife Rehabilitation uh, Center up there in Roseville at the Harriet Alexander Nature Center. And uh, um, I'm proud to, you know, each week I give uh, that to uh, at least a couple of people a minimum of a couple people so I appreciate them very much and as I appreciate the people that care enough to do that. Uh, Diedrich Benz saw a snowy egret in Blue Earth County. Uh, Cole Bauer saw a black-throated green warbler at the Evergreen Cemetery in Dodge County. Roy Zimmerman saw a pine warbler also in Dodge County. Chad Hines, a good guy, Blue Earth County, Carolina wren, northern water thrush, and pine warbler is what he spotted there. John Hakama also in uh, he saw a Nelson sparrow and oh, what did John tell me? I didn't write the county down. I want to say that was Blue Earth County too, and I apologize if I've got that wrong, John. Uh, Nancy Hinky saw a Baltimore Oriole still in Waseca County. So every so often, I remember a couple years ago, uh, LeSueur had a couple of Baltimore Orioles that were around pretty much all winter, I think. We've heard uh, all the reports, uh, various reports about insect numbers, uh, the declining numbers, a listener said, thank you for KMSU. Well, don't oh. thank me. Thank Karen and, and everybody that supports it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are insect numbers truly declining? There's a uh, German Center for Integrative Biodiversity Research, and I'm going to cut it off there because it goes on for a while, but that kind of gives you an idea of what they are. They did a worldwide compilation of insect abundance that showed land-dwelling insects are in decline. On average, there's a global decrease of 0.92% per year. So uh, you know, that adds up pretty quickly. But the number of insects living in freshwater has increased an average of 1.08% each year. Uh, local trends, of course, are highly variable. But this shows that uh, land-dwelling insects, numbers are going down. Uh, insects in fresh water are going up. So maybe if you're out on the lake or something, you're saying, man, I've heard that the numbers of insects are going down. I don't believe it because they're out here. Well, they're going up where you are. A caller asks, where do Minnesota's trumpeter swans migrate? She was seeing them by Hayward, and she hadn't seen any for a while and just wondered, where do they go? Uh, They're short-distant migrants. Uh, The vast majority of the breeding population migrates only as far south as central and southern Minnesota. So these would be the ones up north. They're coming down to central and southern Minnesota. Uh, Some of them that we have here, they go a little ways north. Uh, they like sites where there's open water and an abundant food supply and a power plant site that hosts thousands. I know I counted, I think 2,600 one day up there of wintering swans is xcel Energy's Monticello nuclear power plant along the Mississippi river. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a place up there. It, it, it prospers because of local efforts to feed the swans so the f- swans stay there just uh, because there's a nice open water and they get corn and it's a fun place to stop at the nuclear power plant you can yeah, I don't it's just a, a great place and if you like taking some photos you can get great photos with a cell phone there mm-hmm. uh some here might migrate to Iowa Missouri <clears throat> maybe uh, I think some of the banded ones they've even found in Arkansas. And the person the caller also had asked, how do they migrate? How do they, you know, do they go in pairs or do they just each go on their own? Uh, sort of in a way like Canada geese, single swans, sibling groups, young pairs, failed breeders, they leave the summer territories first. And then they're followed by the pairs with cygnets. So they migrate in small family groups to wintering grounds. Which and what beautiful birds! I was uh, last year. I was on the Chilkoot River, and it was a real quiet day. wasn't much going on, and I saw two of these. It was a foggy day, and there was a pair of trumpeter swans came out of that fog and just uh it took my breath away it was just uh and of course i had a camera in the car and everything but which was a good thing because it was one of those things that was better appreciated i worry sometimes with a camera that i i spend too much time taking Mm. photos maybe when i should be just in awe and appreciative of what I see, but am I going to stop taking photos? <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. But it's—we uh, need to just stop and look sometimes. And boy, that was—it's uh, one of those things that's etched in my memory.
0: Hey Al, before you go I, on, we have a yeah. number of of. Uh, text here for you including cool. one from carl in morristown who frequently gives us uh, you know some great thoughts and this is a good one for you he said all the holes in the telephone poles are made by linemen when they climb them to do their work and that makes sense to me
1: it does yeah this guy really jammed it in there but i'm sure that's right carl yeah i i I graduated with a bunch of guys who went on to become linemen, pole climbers. And I, I always, they were athletes. I admired them going oh. up and down those poles. It was incredible. Thank and you, even, Carl, from Motown.
0: And, yes, exactly. And then John, of course, weighed in. He said he saw a skunk at his dad's yard uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he also said, bet, and this is a the sign that you should groan, bet Al knows this one. What kind uh, of no. what kind of vest do you wear in the fall?
1: What kind of vest mm-hmm. do you wear in the fall? I have no idea.
0: A harvest. And oh, <laughs> here's a fun man. fact. I might have got that one had I
1: actually <laughs> thought. Yeah.
0: Here's a fun fact. He said a group of ferrets is called a business. And he said, I saw a pileated woodpecker and salamander at Dad's last week. So he's seeing lots of things, skunks, salamanders, woodpeckers. I've been smelling a lot of skunks. They must be on the move or something across the roads, and a lot of opossums as well, it seems, and raccoons.
1: And uh, raccoons and skunks are digging in people's yard. Mm. Uh, Skunks just kind of tear things up, and sometimes raccoons, which do more damage just because they're bigger but they will roll it up like sod on occasion so and they're looking for grubs so maybe they're eating some of those Japanese beetle grubs uh, they probably are and uh, uh, more power to them but boy they make a mess in the yard well thanks it's great hearing from everybody uh, Karen you have the best listeners on earth and uh, oh, we I, do. I am so I'm so appreciative of them I I I loved listening to Peter and the Wolf when I was in grade school. Uh, Our teacher, Mrs. Demmer, would say, uh, well, if you do well on this test, you know we can listen to something that you would like to hear. It was always Peter and the Wolf. Uh, It it was as close a democracy ever got in grade school, where she'd kind of let us vote, and that's what we wanted to hear. And the teacher played a record of it on a record player, yeah, a record on a record player? <laughs> oh, I know, weird, right? <laughs> I listened to it recently, hoping it'd be the day's secret sauce. And I believe it's huga. I think. Uh, H-Y-G-G-E. It's a coziness that makes a person feel content and comfortable. And the Danes borrowed the word from the Norwegian. And I felt relaxed and centered as if I were wearing comfortable fuzzy slippers, if I were the kind of person to wear comfortable fuzzy slippers. And I settled in a into a nice chair that fit me. I had a cup of hot tea and a good book. Peter and the Wolf played life was good. Then a multicolored Asian lady beetle flew into my tea, a kamikaze flight that befouled my beverage. These beetles secrete a strong-smelling yellowish liquid from their leg joints, and a liquid can stain light-colored surfaces and destroy a fine cup of tea. I guess I'm not meant to be too comfortable, but I finished listening to Peter and the wolf, and life was good remember folks heartland as well worth driving past thanks for listening do something wild today get out there and look at a bird karen as always i enjoyed your company
0: hey al it's great to chat with you again uh, enjoy the rest of the warm days we have and then it's going to cool down and and well batten down the hatches
1: <laughs> they're batting down
0: all right thanks al bye-bye bye-bye our good friend al Bat, it is 10:32, and you are listening to a minnesota morning on the maverick my name is karen